Guys, welcome back. We didn't really expect uh, a one more uh, a one more thing after we wrapped up the uh, the the part five or part six on on survive and endure, but here we are. Welcome. Hello. Hello. So it's been just over a week since the Last of Us Part Two came out. Um, we wanted to take the next little bit to talk about it. Obviously, we were very excited coming off of playing the first game uh, and discussing it. But uh, I actually haven't thought about it very much. Like, I thought about it for the first four or five days. But, like, now getting into the mood of, like, talking about it, I'm like, there's so much I want to discuss. But it's also, like, all these bad feelings of just, I don't know, man. That game was a tough play. Anyways, thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, we're going to talk about the last of us part two today. This is going to be a completely open discussion about all parts of the game. Meaning that if you have not been beat the last of us part two, highly recommend that you do not listen to this podcast. If you want to listen to it anyway, good for you, but it's going to be littered with spoilers and all kinds of stuff. So do so at your own risk, but we are going to dive full into uh, the last of us part two today. Um, and we, yeah, we're going to talk about everything in, in this game. And, and, uh, I know that the three of us have talked a little bit over the course of the past week about our feelings on the game, but I think it's, it's been a little bit divided because we haven't really been at the same part of the game at any single point in time. So now we kind of get to talk about it as a collective work and I'm super excited to talk it over with you guys once again. Yeah. And you know, I, this time around, I, I thought I would finish it first, which I got to just so we didn't have to wait six years to talk about it together. So congratulations. Thank you. I know I'm actually pretty uh, stoked that you finished so quickly, Daniel, and I'm glad. Um, I mean, yeah, this game has been on my mind. Like I have not forgotten. It's consumed me is the best way I can put it. No other media now is entertaining to me for at least the short bit that I've been, that I've come (laughs) back from. Like when I watch a movie, I'm not feeling the same way. I think consumed is the the best word that you use there, Shay. I think, you know, we're a week removed from this game now. A week removed almost from, uh, pretty much a week removed now from beating it. So it's just kind of been within us now and we're just kind of processing it and just thinking about it and just letting it marinate in our minds because there's so many twists and turns that this game takes you on. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to discussing. That being said, let's dive in. Let's uh, let's talk about this thing because I, I I'm super stoked. So we don't. I mean, credit to Naughty Dog here. There is nothing really about the plot of this game. We knew it was a revenge plot. I had my theories about the game, which I kind of speculated on the last episode of Survive and Endure. Um, it turns out I think all of us were wrong pretty much every step of the way. Um, the only people that really knew anything about this game were people that had leaked um, information, and even that after completing the game, going back and reading some of those leaks were just not right. Um, so I, I feel sorry for all of you that honestly spoiled this game for yourselves um, and didn't play it and experience it and have the story unravel the way that Naughty Dog really intended it to be uh, un- unraveled. So um, I, I'm going to just lead with, I loved this game. Um, I, it has its issues and that's something that we'll talk about, but this is a game that I really, really loved, and I, I, I mean, 
Yeah, yeah, the first the first couple of moments of this game are really just us jumping back into the universe of The Last of Us. I think the, the first thing that we saw on screen was actually uh, Joel and, and Tommy talking about how Joel basically killed the Fireflies uh, and saved Ellie and is carrying this burden on his shoulder a, a couple of weeks after the events of the ending of the first game. Um, I love that this game did not wait or hesitate to talk about the biggest secret uh, in this game, in the first game, sorry. And I don't know how you guys felt about this, but like, I expected that they were going to talk about it. Obviously it was a lingering point, but this game anchored itself with the, the lie to Ellie. And that basically is the entirety of this game from a plot standpoint, from a character standpoint, everything comes back to the decision that Joel made at the end of the game. Um, I know one of the questions that I had is Joel going to tell anybody, is he going to keep it to himself? Is he going to die with that secret? Is it going to happen where he has to tell Ellie because of some unforeseen circumstance? Um, so to lead this game off with him telling Tommy, you know, relatively anticlimactic, uh, climactically, um, was it, was a pretty big moment. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just the fact that it was right away was very, shocking i i definitely thought that just like you this would be a subject that would be slowly teased but um i didn't think that it would be something that it was immediately brought up so for that to happen right away was pretty shocking i'd say i mean a, a lot of this game is subverting our expectations yeah and, and that's that's exactly it and and i you know i said at the end of our um at the end of Survive and Endure, I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm just curious to see what the atonement Joel is going to have to go through for what he did at the end of the last game. You know, I wanted this game to have repercussions uh, for him, and not necessarily the dire ones that we saw, but I wanted to see the continuation of that because that was such a, a a poignant thing to leave on in the last game, especially to leave us on that lie of him telling. Ellie that you know this is all that happens he's not lying to her I swear to you and now we're seeing um, this game open up with him kind of in confession with Tommy almost and it, I think it's reassuring to Joel right before we kind of cut to uh, you know the title card and directed by Neil Druckmann where you know, Tommy just kind of reassures him saying you know what if I was in that same position I would have done the same thing. And I think that's the reassurance Joel needed to hear. And I love that. Um, so we, I mean, we start with this prologue, then we really dive into what life is like in Jackson. Um, there's a really sweet moment. Actually, I'm trying to remember the exact sequence here, but I think the first thing that we see after Tommy telling, sorry, uh, Joel telling Ellie in what sequence does it happen? Do we see the guitar sequence of Joel playing for Ellie first, or do we see Tommy being told by Joel? So uh, it, about the, the secret, the game opens up with, with Joel telling Tommy and they right, okay. kind of have our, our trek through the, the, the forest. And it brings us to, cause he's polishing that guitar for Ellie and it brings him, uh, brings Joel to the cabin to give Ellie her guitar. And then he plays for her there. Right. And this is something that we talked about on the finale of Survive and Endure. This was the cutscene that or sorry, this was the uh the epilogue that was only played live, um, or at least some rendition of it. But this essentially sounds a lot like what uh was performed live. Um and they 
really found a sweet way to kind of work it into this game. It, it confuses me because the first sequence really deals with um, a lot. Like we see a reanimated sequence from the first game where Joel is driving Ellie unconscious um, from the Fireflies back to Jackson. Uh, and then we obviously have Tommy and Joel's discussion going on, which leads directly into a, a conversation or at least an interaction between Joel and Ellie. And I think right from the onset of their first interaction, you get a sense that Ellie is um, not quite comfortable with Joel or she senses that there's something that, that there, there's a tension there that she's not quite sure about. And that's something that we talked about as well on the finale was that we didn't really know um, how Ellie was going to, whether she was going to take Joel's word for it or not when he swears to her at the end of the first game. Um, and it's clear here that she is uncomfortable and she does not feel entirely comfortable and confident that what Joel told, uh, told her was the truth. So I'm glad to see that that was something that was already, uh, immediately impacted early on. Anyways, we're in Jackson. We jump ahead to, to our current day events and we see, you know, what it's like there. Ellie's obviously a lot older. Um, she is, you know, going throughout Jackson. Um, there is reference to her kissing Dina or Dina kissing her the previous night. She's woken up by a new character named Jesse, uh, who we get to know a little bit over the course of the game, but we essentially, uh, head into town. We see that, you know, there's this, this rich kind of, you know, um, community that's actually been able to thrive in, in Jackson where, you know, there's kids, uh, throwing snowballs at one another. You actually get to partake in that battle pretty early on, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then eventually you trek off into the uh, wilderness in Wyoming in the wintertime. And this is kind of where we get set up for the for the events of the game. We start to play as a mysterious character who we don't quite know who they are yet. We know that they're hunting somebody. And this game is pretty ruthless in putting you in um, Abby, who we don't learn about until later, her motivations and all that kind of stuff. It puts you into Abby's shoes to uh, navigate some of the area outside of Jackson after she has an interaction with Owen, who's another main character in this game. And then they are eventually, uh, sorry, she is eventually saved by Joel and uh, Tommy, who are on patrol. We get, you know, a great sequence of, of tons of, of infected, more than we'd really seen at any sequence in the first game. And eventually we get to a point where uh, they are saved. They're going back to a chalet where we know that there are a group of people that are looking for someone. At this point, we don't know who that someone is. And before we see the, the events kind of uh, unfold in the cabin, we see some really, really touching moments between Dina and Ellie. They're in a snowstorm. They end up uh, hungering up in a, in a library and sharing a really, really uh, great moment with one another where, you know, there's clearly some feelings and we learn a little bit about Jesse and, and, uh, and, uh, Dina's background. We learn about, you know, some other characters. We learn about Eugene who seems to have been this mentorish, like kind of hermit, um, pothead dude. Who's growing a ton of marijuana <laughs> also, at the bottom of this place. <laughs> also has the best names for, for the best porn tapes in his basement. Smash. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Such a, just such a cool moment, uh, in that, um in that area i was not expecting that basement full of weed and just that just it's just again it just goes to show that like i think naughty dog has some of the biggest um is one of the most bravest studios to have like such a small and like a intimate moment where it's like you know what we're gonna have our two female leads we don't care like we don't care who's angry about there being gay characters leading this movie we're gonna have our two female leads uh, have an intimate moment together, smoke some weed, make some jokes, and then just kind of have that that moment where we're we're in it, and we could just kind of enjoy it. So it's just really like letting us start falling in love with this Dina character and kind of get in the mind of where Ellie's at right now. 
Yeah, and I think it's important to start to establish some characters that live in this universe because um, obviously what we're about to see is, is pretty detrimental to the characters that we already know in the Last of Us universe. There's really only a few that really lived throughout the first game. We saw you know, most of the of the main cast or people that were supporting characters die in The Last of Us Part 1. So we're really only left with Tommy, Maria, Joel, and Ellie. And, uh, and one of those characters eats it pretty quickly on in the game. So as we see Abby bring them back to the chalet, we learn that Joel and Tommy are missing from their patrol. Um, and then very quickly we find out what Abby's motivations are. Joel makes a very deathly mistake and trusts somebody with his name, which seems relatively innocuous, but isn't that innocuous. Um, and it turns out that they are actually hunting him. Big surprise. Uh, Abby brutally shoots his kneecap out, and it's a very, very graphic scene. And then she proceeds to continue to beat him and interrogate him in a sense. Um, not really interrogate him, actually, just really beat him senselessly. And it really leads up to Ellie's portions of the game where we're playing as her, trying to find out where Joel is. She gets to the chalet, and then we witness Joel and Tommy beaten really, really badly. Joel much worse so, to the point where he's on the brink of of, of dying. And we see Abby deliver this really uh, horrible blow to, to Joel, which kills him. Um, and this is probably maybe two hours into the game. So this is a big moment, I think, for a lot of people. And we're going to stop here just to talk about it before we speed through some of the other main points because we could spend a lot of time talking about this. But this is arguably the most impactful moment of the game. It's something that I think a lot of us maybe saw coming that Joel wasn't going to make it through part two, but maybe not early, not this early on. And to your point, Shay, there was a lot of subverting, uh, subverting of expectations. Um, he was in some of the promotional materials. We saw a trailer where he seemed to catch up with uh, Ellie halfway on their journey. Uh, he, you know, Troy Baker is, is, has lead billing on this. So there's a lot of things that really, um, didn't necessarily say that Joel was going to die outright, but I think that was some clever, clever marketing on Naughty Dog's behalf, but it's a really, really brutal scene to watch, you know, the protagonist of the main game who you've only played for, you've only played for a few moments in this game, just get brutally, brutally killed by a, a relatively unknown character. Um, and yeah, and having Ellie watch the whole thing unfold is just horrible, horrible, horrible. So, uh, I mean, what do you guys, how did you feel, I guess? How did you react to this? I know I was bummed out, but I'd love to hear what, what you guys thought at this point. Maybe was, never want to play golf again. <laughs> no, definitely not. No, 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 no golf. Go ahead, Chad. I'll let you, uh, I'll let you oh, start. Yeah, all, all I was just going to say is that in terms of um, all those expectations, they really pulled, uh, you know, Russo brothers on us with the whole Avengers Infinity War trailers, how they were showing some characters being in the movie, but they actually weren't. Um, and they kind of did the same thing. I know that with, with the press um, playthrough of this game, the sequence where, you know, Joel shows up in the trailer, um, but it's actually supposed to be Jesse in the game when you play it. When people played the game at a press event, they actually played that version where Joel does come. So they really stuck to the fact that Joel is going to be alive in this game to only even really throw <laughs> throw the rug from under us, uh, even for the people that played the game. Yeah, really cool. I, I love that they did that. You know, um, again, here we are. We're playing as this. In in the in the title sequence at the beginning, you know, we see Troy Baker and and obviously Ashley Johnson, 
um, as the leads. It's Ashley Johnson, starring Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker and Laura Bailey. So right from that point, I'm like, damn, like whoever, whatever character Laura Bailey is playing must be like um, a major character. And, you know, there's so there's been so much speculation on who she is. Is she Ellie's mom? Is she are we playing in the past as her? Like, what is this? And, you know, we kind of are thrown into her shoes. We have some great moments with her at the beginning. And, you know, we, of course, we come across Joel. And I don't know, there's just something about the way that she kind of like says Joel Miller. I'm like, oh, I obviously I, I never even thought about Joel's last name before. I don't think we've ever heard it in uh, in the, the first game. But when they're in that cabin and we kind of have that moment where Joel's kind of looking at everyone who's there. Cause like Abby kind of brings them back to be safe. And Joel's like, y'all are looking at us like, you know us. And then she says, that's because they do. And when it just pops off at that moment, I'm like, Oh my God, this it's happening right now. This game is starting off with Joel dying. And I was not ready for that. I thought that he was going to be our companion in this game. And, We'd say goodbye to him at the end, but again, Naughty Dogs, that studio, they're going to subvert your expectations and just break our hearts like so early on in the game. And, you know, we were all pretty much hit this moment at the same time. So we were all just kind of messing with each other, just like, what the fuck? Like, that just happened. And we had to, you know, pick up the pieces as we kind of moved on to Seattle after the fact. But um, was this moment. Uh, spoiled for any one of you other than like the, the trolls that are just like, Oh, Joel's dead. Like, cause that's just kind of like an easy guess. What was, was it like specifically, did you guys specifically see leaks that said Joel was beaten to death by Abby or, or I, anything all I saw was, all I saw was Joel. It, like, I hope you get the golf club treatment that Joel gets. And in my head, I'm like, Oh, I guess he just gets hit with a golf club. Like I, I didn't know. I thought like, I, I honestly, I I thought maybe Ellie gets hit with a golf club in front of Joel or something. I, I didn't know. And I thought it was obviously later in the game. So for it to happen within the first two hours uh, really caught me off guard. The, the spoilers didn't really do much for me. And I, and luckily, I have I've, I've the brain, too, like for spoilers where I could read something. And when I get into it, I totally forget about it. So uh, but what about you, Ortega? I didn't hear anything. Um, it was my biggest fear, though, that I was just going to spontaneously click on a last of us thread and somebody was going to in all caps just say joel dies so like that was the one spoiler that i was expecting that would have leaked and that is 100 percent the spoiler that was the truest out of everything that did leak so part of me is glad that i well not part of me i'm entirely glad that i was able to avoid it but i can't say that i was like terribly surprised um just given that like joel is not we talked about it at length on the first on, on Survive and Endure. Joel is not a good guy. Like he's not the good guy. So for people to have the attachment that they do to this character is understandable being the protagonist of the first game, but I felt bad um for Ellie having to watch it. I felt bad for, you know, knowing what Joel's history is and 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 the reason that he made that decision. Um, but at the end of the day, like trying to be as objective as possible, you know, you, you look at Joel and, and, and one of the things that really crossed my mind as, as Abby is beating him is, you know, who, who was it like, who, who, who did Abby belong to or what faction did she belong to that, that, uh, Joel pissed off that warranted this moment. There was never a point of me thinking Joel doesn't deserve this. It was more so like, I wonder who 
the, I, like I wonder what action led to this moment because we know that Joel has done some stuff that would have led to this moment, whether it's the lie to Ellie or whether it's um, something that happened in the 20 years prior to him meeting Ellie. But it, it, it felt it felt earned in a weird way. Like it 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 came to a, a, a culmination of, of everything that we knew about Joel's character in the first game. But that's why I wasn't entirely surprised. But to answer your question, like, no, I I, I was able to happily avoid all spoilers and, and really I got nothing. Like I went into this a complete blank slate without really any expectations whatsoever. That's good. Yeah. So we can, I mean, we can spend a lot of time talking about Joel, but I kind of want to speed through the, uh, the, the plot here just so that we can at least talk about it a little bit more openly about how we felt about it. Cause we can, we can continue at a very slow pace and, and dissect everything that it's For so sure. fresh, but uh, I guess this is a big just moment at like just the way this game is broken down. Um, kind of structurally you know kind of where we're, where we go after joel's demise yeah I, I mean we really the game is is it was marketed as such and it was described as as a as a revenge game right and we didn't really know who that revenge was for but this really sets off the, the chain of events that we see for the rest of the game so we see ellie partner up with dina and head to seattle after tommy who has gone to hunt down um the the people that killed uh uh joel and it almost doesn't happen for ellie but the fact that tommy does leave uh is, is kind of motivation for her especially because maria knows the risk that tommy is in we don't know how many of these people there are she she you know talks about it at one point in time anyways it sets off this the set of, of events that we find out that happen on the way to seattle so we we see seattle for the first time they arrive there dina and and ellie um, we see them hunker up in a theater. Uh, Jesse eventually joins them after a period of time. Um, they are on Tommy's trail trying to find out where Tommy is, as well as slowly making their way through um, different parts of Seattle that are occupied by what we learn is, is Wolf, um, who are the people that are responsible for Joel's death, or at least a small group that belong to Wolf or, 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 or are responsible for Joel's death. And it really um, ends up, being a pretty solo Ellie journey. She leaves Dina at the theater that we run into in Seattle. We find out that Dina's pregnant. Dina finds out that, that Ellie is immune after having it been revealed earlier on in the game, but not quite uh, registering, I'll say. Um, and then we basically venture out into Seattle by ourselves to kill as many people as we possibly can to get revenge on Joel. And I mean, <clears throat> Ellie goes through, Ellie kills a lot of people, man. Like she kills um everybody essentially that that isn't abby up until this point in the game so we see her kill uh you know we see her kill mel and owen on day three we see her kill nora in the hospital in a really really fucking brutal way man like they she lets her be exposed to spores to the point where we see her skin starting to like rot and start to like get drained of all the fluid and then she just beats her senselessly in the same way that they beat joel and you know what nora kind of deserves it in my opinion because she said um that bitch got what he deserved referring to joel and at that point in time i was like look i, I want to feel empathy for the characters because obviously something happened but like fuck that man like like lay into her ellie like the <laughs> We don't know this character. I don't really give a shit about Nora, to be honest with you. Um, I'm still pro Ellie, but we do see Ellie go on this very vengeful and like villainous path. And she doesn't really, um, th there's no survival here. Like this isn't a matter of like them just killing people because they have to, 
um, you know, maintain for themselves. This is straight like vengeance. She is going after a very specific group of people at this point in time. She's looking for Abby and she does, she's not going to stop at any uh, point to, 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 to stop her mission. Right. And the great thing about this is that having Joel die so early on in the game really concerned me in a way where I thought we weren't going to see much of Joel and that how, you know, how is the secret going to be told to her that she was immune and that there could have been a difference is it going to be a secondary character um obviously that has to be the case because she's out for vengeance if joel had told her and she reacted poorly then why would she be out on this vengeance uh you know late in quest to 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 to, to avenge joel and i had all of these things going through my mind during the, the early portions of the game and um, i was really glad that we got to see some of the flashbacks that we did um and see Joel and Ellie spend some time together. I, I shared this with you, well, both of you, that the museum sequence with Joel and Ellie is by far my favorite moment in The Last of Us because it's it's a perfect culmination of everything that we built with the characters in the first game. The idea that Joel is able to find a new daughter in Ellie and Ellie is able to live a normal life and be able to um, you know, be interested in the things that she's interested in as a child of of the apocalypse. And, you know, it's this moment where you're not worried about infected. You're not worried about anything other than exploring a museum and interests and the way that they interact with one another is just beautiful. Joel makes some great Jurassic park references, um, ripping on the sequel even, which I thought was kind of meta. Uh, and then, um, you know, there's this beautiful sequence where, where Joel basically emulates the moon landing for Ellie. And it's, it's just so, man, like it was heartbreaking and, and just like heartwarming at the same time. And when I think about this game, that's the moment that I always go back to is like, there, there isn't a more perfect story that they could have told than those moments that they got to spend with one another prior to everything happening um, in the first sections of the game. Uh, and then, I mean, other flashbacks happen. We obviously learn that Joel and Ellie um, do eventually speak to one another about what happened at the end of the first game. There is one more flashback before then, which covers a mission that they go on to get some replacement guitar strings. And Ellie confronts Joel about the secret because um, she sees some people that had left Wyoming early and they died within a very short period of time. And you can see that she feels not right about it, that maybe there was something that could have been done. And I think what was heartbreaking here is Joel lies to her again and insists that her immunity meant nothing, which was heartbreaking to see all over again. Um, and then finally, in, in the final flashback, we see Joel admit to Ellie after she visits the hospital um, that that he did lie to her and that in order to save her, um, or sorry, in order to create a, a vaccine, he had to save her and, and kill the fireflies. And then that's kind of the big revelation. And it's almost a somber non-climactic moment but it, it's just so important that uh that we found out that those two characters are the way that um you know the two of them are, are who communicated that and that it didn't get found out by somebody else uh and then that's it we pretty much leave ellie's journey behind which was super um jarring to me i didn't really expect that and uh she kills mel and owen and then that's kind of where we end day three and then we i mean i'm going to pass it over to you baps but this is a pretty big break in the game that i absolutely did not see coming yeah you know it's um just that moment where you know when you find out that ellie finds out and it's heartbreaking because you in the flashbacks as you were as you discussed like you know their relationship is strained because ellie's not believing what 
Joel has told her, but she has to continue on. But you know, their, their relationship is struggling. Um, and it, like, I, I, it broke my heart when that moment happened. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like their last, their last moments together or like their last year together. Like you realize like, Oh shit, they weren't on good terms. And it makes it even more heartbreaking. So as we kind of cut back to the theater and, you know, Ellie and Dina and Jesse are, are there with Tommy in the, in the theater, you know, who's there at the theater now, Abby. And she's like, we let, sh-, she's like straights up, like just tells Ellie, like we, we gave you a chance to leave and to survive and you wasted it. And she's like, you killed my friends. And it literally just, just hard cut to black and then this game does something that, again, another crazy brave move that piss, pisses a lot of people off, which I think is really dumb that it does. But, you know, we we cut to Abby, Seattle, day one. And it's like, let's go through these last three days, but through the viewpoint of Abby. And, you know, and I think a lot of our instinctual like reactions were like, no, fuck her. She killed Joel. I don't care who she is. I don't care what her perspective is. And then by the end of day three, you're like, shit, I really like this character. You're seeing these characters that Ellie has killed through the eyes of Abby and how she knows them. And you're like, man, like, I like the, I, I like Manny. I really like Owen. Uh, Mel is Mel. I don't care too much about Mel, but like these relationships <laughs> that, you know, that Abby's built with these people and her dog and uh, the girl with the PlayStation Vita. Like you have these little moments where you see them like through Abby's journey and you're like, shit, I really, um, I really, really like who these characters are. And I, and I want to like, you just really enjoy your time with them. Um, and yeah, when we cut to Seattle day one, uh, we're with Abby, you know, we're kind of just going through the motions and kind of reacting to what's happening on Ellie's side of stuff as well too. Um, it's, yeah, this 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 was a shock. What was your guys' kind of immediate reaction uh, going into this, Shay? Like, or Shay, I'll, I'll, I'll call out Shay first. Like, what was your kind of first reaction jumping into the shoes of, or the very, the, the shoes and the very strong arms of Abby? <laughs> Buddy, if I had a body like hers, oof, I would uh, be lifting a lot of things for no reason. Um, <laughs> you're telling uh, me she's only finding coins man she should be collecting like tree trunks he's got to be some heavy coins now um what i really really enjoy about it though is that it, it's so jarring right away and you're you're like whoa, 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 whoa. like a pedal on the brake or say like pushing the brake pedal is what i meant sorry and it's such a a moment where you're like okay fuck this girl i don't give a shit about her i don't want to play her anymore and I, I don't think it was until maybe about day two and a half that I actually maybe gave a shit. And whenever I'd see any of her friends, I was like, I hope you die, hope you die, hope you die. <laughs> like, that's all I kept thinking. So, yeah, it was a jarring moment. But um, uh, in hindsight now, I'm like, I'm glad that it happened. And I'm I'm 100% confident that was the intention. Yeah. And the something that that's we should I, I need to touch on, obviously, is that you know, who is Abby? Why does she matter? As soon as we cut to her perspective, we find out her father was the doctor who Joel kills in The Last of Us. Can and we, we find out- quickly pause just right there before you say anything else? We joked about this on Survive and Endure 
because there's the running joke that Shay shot the dude at the beginning of the game 15 <laughs> times in the head. Yep. And I made a point at the end of the first game to shoot those doctors horribly, yes. not thinking about any consequences. Yes. And we talked about it. We laughed out on the finale. When I reached <laughs> this point of the game, like I was like, motherfucker, like, of course this has some relation to like how ruthless and like ignorant I was in the first game. Yep. Yeah. I, I think I said that to Baps. I was like, yeah. Oh, the doctor oh. being dead is, is canon. Yeah, like you shot me, like, Oh, it's canon. And, uh, <laughs> and it's but it's 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 heartbreaking though because like you're playing as abby and you're just like kind of like you're looking for your dad and you're not too sure like where he is and then you kind of reveals i'm like oh yeah her dad's a doctor people are looking for him they're like why are people looking for him and they're like because joel and ellie have arrived at the doc at the hospital and you kind of pan out to see like oh man we're at saint mary's hospital in in uh salt lake city and it's like holy shit this is all connected and then she kind of realized you see, we see Marlene again, which is really nice. We see like Marlene having a conversation with the doctor and uh, yeah. Then he dies and Abby becomes a soldier at this point. She becomes somebody who is just so focused and obsessed with getting her vengeance, obviously parallel, paralleling. Oh my God. Why can't I say it? Paralleling. Paralleling Ellie's story about just, just focus and becoming just so obsessed and lost in her revenge that Abby decides I need to make my body a killing machine. So when I confront the killers of my father, the person who doomed all of humanity, potentially I will be able to kill him. And she does. Um, and now we are going through her journey in Seattle, in Seattle, um, her dealings with the Seraphites or the scars and how they're kind of all, looking to take over territory and survive and endure no pun intended, but they're just trying to like live their life. And you start to really start caring about her. And again, not something I expected to happen, but you know, we're, we're playing through her journey and we're uh, we eventually kind of get captured by these Seraphites and they start torturing her and it's, wickedly violent it's that scene that we saw at i think paris games week a couple years ago where she's kind of just strung up and like she's starting to get her stomach kind of cut and all this stuff and we kind of come across lev and yara who save her and she starts to really get a love for these characters and feels kind of protective of them protective enough that she brings them back to this aquarium that kind of owen has um been living in and owen's kind of in a, she's like kind of in a relationship with them. She they kind of used to go out, and now Owen's dating Mel, and it's kind of a weird love triangle there. But they kind of have like this love for one another, and you know Abby takes uh, Yara there because Yara is attacked by um, one of the. I guess the. I'm trying to think. I'm I'm blanking out right now. Who uh, was it's it? The Seraphites basically attack Yara by breaking her hand because that's it. Of- oh yeah of Lev's, you know, betrayal. So they're basically now on the hunt. Yeah. So yeah, they don't, uh, they don't go back to, he doesn't bring Yara back just yet. They, she leaves, um, she she leaves them at like a trailer in the trailer. Yeah. So yeah, Yara's arm is the one that's kind of broken badly on the ground. And again, another thing that I'm really surprised that they showed, uh, but her arm just gets totally destroyed, um, by a hammer by one of the Seraphites and, uh, a lot of clickers, a lot of, uh, we didn't really talk too much about the infected, but 
the new infected in this game are absolutely terrifying. Clickers have never looked scarier and sounded scarier. Um, the stalkers are just horrific. You kind of see them peering out behind corners looking for you. And obviously we have the shambler as well too. And there's a lot of, Abby gets thrown through the shit in this game. Like she is just, I, I think her sequence was like just the hardest out of all the game because I felt like there were so many moments where I'm just like, man, I am just being overrun right now by infected. Um, and it makes her journey all the more intense. Um, as we kind of continue on through her journey, we are trying to get supplies to save Yara. Uh, we do, she get, ends up getting her arm amputated and we learn that, um, uh, that her brother Lev is going back to, uh, the island where the Seraphites are to tell, I guess, to confront his mom, uh, because it's kind of, it's never outright stated, but it's kind of implied that, um, Lev doesn't, uh, feel like his, he, I guess, conforms to his gender. If, if that's, I guess, the most, uh, accurate way of portraying it. And they kind of have a name for him in the Seraphite, I guess, lingo, but, uh, he goes to confront his mother. And then as we kind of go to the Island pursuing him, we see Tommy, we see the sniper that's kind of taking down, uh, Owen, sorry, not Owen, uh, Manny and Abby. And like, man, like who the fuck is this guy shooting at us? I thought it was a Seraphite ended up being Tommy. And that's kind of how their stories connect there. And we end up going to the Seraphite Island. Everything's on fire. There's a huge battle kind of ensuing on that Island. Um, we unfortunately end up losing Yara and Abby and Lev escape the island, come back to the main, I guess, mainland of Seattle and head to the theater or sorry, head to the aquarium. And Abby realizes that her friends, Owen and Mel have been brutally murdered and her dog, which when we were playing as Ellie, I killed that dog so fast. I was like, I don't care about this dog. This dog's dead. And then when I came back as Abby, my heart just sunk to the ground. I'm like, oh shit, they killed they killed my dog. I killed I killed this dog. Um, and then it kind of leads back to that confront confrontation at the movie theater where now you're playing as Abby hunting Ellie, which that sequence really made me conflicted because Ellie was the boss battle. She was the hardest boss in the game. You had to try and hunt and basically kill Ellie in this sequence. Um, what did you think of the sequence, guys? Yeah, rightfully so. She's the hardest boss. And uh, I think this part was the hardest for me because the one thing that I never want to do in a, in a Last of Us game is fight the character that I'm rooting for. And I was still rooting for Ellie at this point because, again, I still have more of an attachment to her. Granted, I do understand Abby's point of view and I empathize with her. Um, I still was like, oh my God, I really hope this isn't the end. I really hope she doesn't kill Ellie or vice versa. Either of them die. I just kind of hope something intervenes and something does intervene. What about you? What did you think of this moment, Ortega? What did you think of having to take on Ellie? Um, I mean, there's a couple things here. So like, I didn't... Um... I mean, going back to Abby, I didn't feel I was interested in Abby's story. I didn't ever feel that Abby's character was built up the way that Ellie's was, because obviously you've invested an additional game's worth of time into Ellie and you want you understand her perspective a little bit more. I thought it was terrifying. I won't lie that like the first couple of times 
uh, that I that I uh, died. It was almost fulfilling to see um, <laughs> to see Abby get shot in the stomach and then brutally <laughs> shot in the head with a shotgun. And I did it at least a few times just to see it happen, just because just to make fuck sure. Abby. Just to make sure. But I mean, it's a good indication of what this game did really well, which is it, it made Ellie seem so dominant and terrifying and to see her unhinged upset confronting the killer of uh of joel in these in these close quarters like it felt bad to be attacking ellie but it also felt terrifying to face off against her and it really puts you in the shoes of the people that have faced off against ellie in this game um so yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty. It was a gut punch to make you play against the protagonist or your perceived protagonist in this game, but like, it's just it's just clever design to really fuck with your emotions on on Naughty Dog's part to not really know how you should feel and, um, yeah, like it it just it kind of fucked with me that I had to even face off against Ellie and not even knowing that this was like I had no idea if this was going to be the end of the game if this was, you know, gonna start off another chain of events that causes more revenge. Like we didn't really know what was going on. I thought this would be the end of, of, of the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I felt, I felt strange about it, but it, it was pretty cool to see Ellie from the other perspective of, of the hunter. Yeah. And uh, when we think too, of, um, you know, going back to the aquarium as Ellie and she kills Owen and she kills Mel who is pregnant and Ellie finds out that she's pregnant and just totally breaks down. Um, when, Abby comes to the theater and finds out that Dina is pregnant and you know, Abby just kind of looks at Ellie just like good. And she's about to kill him until Lev stops her. Um, and basically just warns Ellie saying, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. And it's a threat that's so imposing and scary that you're just like, holy shit, this is this like, they're just going to go their own way. They've, they're all going to kind of cut their losses of they all have lost. They all have reasons to um, one inflict damage on the other. But I think Abby at this point kind of realizes, hey, you know what? I'm we're, let's go our own way and let's just not cross paths again. And um, from there, this game just takes a big halt in the action and it gives us some farm life, which will uh, kick over to Shay to talk about. Yeah, so at this moment in the game, I'm I'm definitely thinking, okay, we're here at the epilogue. We're and I guess technically it is kind of the epilogue, but it, there's still so much more. There's at least what two hours I would say ish left in this at game. At least, yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely quite heavy, and it reminded me a lot of when Red Dead Redemption Two, for example, spoiler to that game. Yep. But when you're with, don't Tom, ruin it for me. I have not finished it yet. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm gonna stop talking. Uh, 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 there's a farm. There's a farm. There's a farm, and you know they're all on the farms as well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So when when we when we get to Ellie, you know, it, it seems like some time has passed because we have this baby that's Jesse and Dina's, and then at the same time here we're living on a farm that it kind of looks like it's modeled around what Joe's house is like, but it's still away from that community because obviously Dina and 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 Ellie just don't want to be there anymore. Ellie's got a brand new haircut, so she's got a she's rocking a new do. And from this point, you can just tell that they're they're happy with their life in a certain way. And Ellie is kind of dealing with this PTSD of Joel's death because at the end of the day, she's never fulfilled that revenge, and that revenge is still lingering. So as she's going around the house and as she's 
cleaning things, things are reminding her. <laughs> and, and hurting that, that poor baby sheep. <laughs> that damn baby sheep. When as soon as she goes to touch it, I almost dropped my controller and yelled. I yelled. Was, I yelled. I, it was so scary. Oh my um, god! When that moment, and it's not even just like a like a, a small like image of Joel. It's like Joel getting fucking destroyed. So um, yeah, you can really see the dent on the side of his head. And at this point, <laughs> you know, Tommy shows up, and if, you know what? If, if I got to play as Abby, I don't know if I would have ever hit Joel, knowing. Ortega or Daniel now, you probably would have beat the shit out of Joel, man. If you kill the doctor that many times, you would have probably destroyed Joel's... The difference training. was the, jo- the doctor didn't have an identity. I played as Joel. <laughs> so know. it was anonymous murder in my head. That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, but at this point, you know, Tommy shows up. So Tommy's still alive, even though he got shot kind of in the head, I guess, but like just off the side, his face is kind of fucked up. And he... If you do watch that sequence over again, sorry, I'm just going to interject no, here really quickly because I watched it again today. A lot of people were complaining about how he survived that, that encounter. First of all, Joel was impaled in the first game and somehow lived through that with a 14 year old girl uh, dragging him around in the wintertime. So right. suspension of disbelief, maybe a little bit here, guys. Um, uh, but, uh, if you look at that sequence, it actually looks like he shoots him through that right eye that looks damaged yeah. uh, when he comes into the to the house because his eye doesn't look right. Exactly. So it's it's not as if like they were just like, oh, he got away like scot free. He can't walk. No, he's um, he looks he looks he looks like there's yeah. nerve damage there. You know, yep. he's 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 not a hundred percent. He's probably working at like fifty or sixty percent right now. So you know, that said, he's like, listen, I've got a uh, I've got a. I've got to, you know, I've heard that someone like built like an ox. So we already know we're talking about Abby. They they were spotted <laughs> in Santa Barbara and uh, they're looking for some fireflies. So we, we, we got to get down there. And Dina, you know, the loving housewife that she is, she's like, listen, we put that in the past. Let's move on. But Tommy's still holding that grudge, not only because, you know, his brother's dead, but also because he is his face and body is fucked up now. But he's like, you promised me that you would do whatever it takes. You know, you kill them all. And now look at you. And I think that really stuck with Ellie because, you know, she can't sleep that night. She's still seeing Joel. And next thing you know, she's packing up and heading on over to Santa Barbara with her fresh new haircut. And then Dina's just kind of like, listen, like if you're doing this, this is this is pretty much it then for us because you put that behind us and now you're opening those wounds again. And Ellie's like, listen, I gotta, I gotta do this. So we then cut to Santa Barbara. We cut back to Ellie, uh, Abby and Lev and Santa Barbara or California in general. It, what, what I love that this game does is that it, it really makes you believe that every state, every city in this game is different there. There's no one faction running this, uh, this United States. There's, there's multiple and that's, that's really believable because communication is pretty cut off everywhere. So we have this new gang or this new faction called uh, the Rattlers and there looks like they got like a skull and like a rattlesnake going around them. And it's kind of unclear what their exact motives are, but it looks like they basically just kidnap people and, and make them fuck shit slaves. Up. Yeah. They just really, they really just keep them and, and have them do stuff. They even capture infected and kind of keep them on chains. So I, my favorite moment of that, by the way, was going to the infected and releasing them and then just letting the infected oh my God, yes. do their kind of thing. So now we're, we're walking around uh, as Abby and Lev and it really re- parallel to Joel and Ellie in the, in the first game. You're seeing her try to find this firefly area. She finally finds one and it's empty, but she gets a talk on a walkie talkie and it turns out that there's another one nearby that she can kind of make her way to. As soon as she starts to leave, Abby's captured 
Len is captured. And then we cut back to Ellie, who's now sailed her way to Santa Barbara. And from what I'm understanding here, it's it's definitely been a few months because as Ellie's trying to progress through finding Abby by, you know, picking up those clues, eventually she runs across the same rattlers that actually caught Abby. And this is a great sequence because this is the reason why I love Ellie so much is she's got this really, really dry wit and she doesn't give a fuck. And it really shows here because when she gets captured and she's just like, it reminded me of that moment where, with David where she's like, uh, you know, tell them that my name's Ellie because that's the girl that, you know, broke your fucking finger. It was very similar to this moment when there when there's that clicker nearby. And the fact that she feeds that guy to the clicker and then fucks up the other guy, it was great. It was such a great moment. Um, and then we catch up with Ellie finally finding Abby. And this is in a, in a compound. It's a great sequence that you get to play with. This is probably the most heart-wrenching moment in the game because you finally get to see abby she's like she's hung up on a on a on a post and you know looks like she's malnourished essentially crucified and everything essentially crucified yeah Yeah. along with lev he's up there uh just destroyed both of them just look like they haven't been fed in months and you know abby's lost all that muscle it's just pure bones at this point uh and also she's rocking a new haircut too um, I'm not sure why I'm focusing on the haircuts, but I just I want some hairstyle inspiration, and this game was <laughs> yeah. Um, clearly, and, clearly, uh, they were mistreated in this compound. They were sure. clearly, clearly mistreated. So now Ellie saves Abby in a way. They get to the boats, but Ellie's like, "No, no, no! I, I didn't come here to save her. I came here to finish this." And they have this. <laughs> like almost like a lethargic kind of fight where it, it's happening, but it like no one's into it. They're just trying to hope the other one kind of backs off. And eventually Ellie does get the upper hand and she starts to drown um, Abby. And, you know, like I thought at that moment, okay, either one thing's going to happen, either Abby's going to die from drowning and Ellie's just going to feel like shit or Lev is going to come up, stab Ellie in the back. And then, you know, they kind of go on. Luckily, none of those two things happen. All that happens is Abby bites off her finger, and then we pretty much just move back to the farm. They 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 kind of go their separate ways. Ellie's back at the farm. She's missing her two fingers on the left hand. Before you in- go, before we go oh, inside I- the house, Shay. Yeah. Um, I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were. Did you guys want to kill Abby in this moment? No, I wanted I wanted this fight to just be like they go their separate ways. What about you? I Dan? I felt conflicted. So there's two there's two details I think that, that that are really important there, Shay. That we that we should touch on is the way that she gets Abby to to, to fight her is she threaten she threatens to kill Lev. Um, yeah. So it's not done by her own like volition, and I think that like when I'm thinking about that. Um, like that factored into whether I wanted uh, Ellie to kill Abby, and I and and I realized at that moment, like Ellie is the villain in the story now. Like like I know that she's your protagonist, but she has she's gone much further than Abby has at this point. Abby, uh, you know, showed remorse for letting um, Ellie go not once but twice. The second time after having killed all of her friends, she. Um, didn't take the opportunity to kill Tommy on the way out. She isn't hunting Ellie down for revenge. She's actually let things go because she wants to be a positive uh, influence on Lev and try to free him from all of this. Like 
there's all of that is building up in that moment. And this is a big turnaround point for me where I'm like, I don't want Ellie to die, but I also don't want Ellie to get what she wants because if she gets, if she get what she wants, like that really sucks for Abby's character. Cause she's shown a lot of moral, um, strength despite having felt a lot of pain and a lot of loss in the way that Ellie has. And she says that she's not going to fight her. And really it only happens because of love. Right. So this is a moment where like, like I'm emphasizing that moment specifically for me because it was a huge turning point where I was finally on, on the side of like, Abby doesn't deserve to die. Um, she deserves to have a second shot in the same way that Joel kind of did in the first game. It almost mirrors that relationship between Joel and Ellie with uh, Abby and Lev. And I didn't, it's not so much that I didn't want to kill Abby. I still think it would have been cathartic to have killed her as Ellie because she still killed Joel. But I think it was more important that she didn't die. And I appreciated Abby's character enough where I wanted her to potentially have um, a future off wherever it might be with mm -hmm. Lev um, rather than just getting that revenge. And, and those two fingers being cut off at the end of the game, like... That, that choice to not kill Abby, it's not that, you know, she is she's overpowered and she can't kill Abby. She basically says go and then she just kind of wallows in her own sadness and watches their boat get away. And if you look, Abby's kind of looking back at Ellie in this way where she's like, I don't know, like she either looks at her like she's she's lost it. But there's also almost a sense of pity where she's like, I, I feel bad that you've lost everything, but we've all lost and and as a result of, you know, some of the actions that you've done, uh, I've lost as well. So why are we still doing this? And then yeah. that's kind of that last moment of the game that you really, well, not the last moment of the game, but the last real like point where you where revenge is really the theme of this game. Right. Yeah. It, it really plays into here. Uh, Daniel, what about yourself? Did you, what were your, what did you want to happen? I didn't want to kill Abby at all. Literally no. as it was happening and you know, we're, we're kind of strangling her in the water and just letting the water kind of drown her. I was just like, I was literally just, just sitting on my couch and I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to kill her. And I think at this point, just in general, we are all kind of just feeling that this cycle of violence is continuing and continuing. And they're like, okay, I'm going to kill Abby. And then Lev is going to eventually come for me. And it's like, I think Ellie realizes this and it's very, you know, kill, as she's, you know, as she's strangling, Abby, she has that vision of Joel, a happy vision, not one of him dying. And she eventually kind of heeds Abby and just lets her go. And they, they go their separate ways. And, you know, when Abby and like, when we're playing as Abby in Santa Barbara and she kind of has radio contact with somebody and she finds out that there's fireflies on Catalina, like you want her to get there, be yeah. able to, to get there and kind of pick up the pieces of her life and move on. And I'm hoping that she gets that future because I, as, as much as I love Ellie and Joel in that relationship, you know, Abby didn't ask for any of this and she was only what she, doing what she thought was right on mm -hmm. her end. And you, and I think this game does a really good job of painting that picture. Um, and as I said before, you know, the cycle of violence of this game continues and revenge consumes you. And we see that Ellie loses her fingers in this fight. She loses her, her pinky and her ring fingers, um, which for someone who plays guitar is are crucial <laughs> fingers to have. Um, and in more ways than one, she loses because of that. Yeah. And um, well, I'll, I'll let Shay uh, take it from here, kind of where we are with the story. And so we could kind of break that down a little bit more after. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, at, at this point, really, we're, we're back home. Um, Ellie's back on the farm and she's playing that guitar. She realizes Dina's gone. House is empty, pretty much. No note left behind. It's it's pretty much implied that you fucked up and, you know, I've moved on. I think one of the, the ballsiest moments that, that Sony and Naughty Dog have done here is we, we now get to see that moment um, that was shown at E3 2018. Uh, was it 2018? E3? 2018, or, yep. Or was it PSX? I, I'm not sure which one it was. It was PSX. No, no, no. The barn scene was 2018. Yeah, it was E3. It was E3 2018. We saw that barn scene. And I was like, oh, I guess they just filmed that or maybe it, was, it got cut. But no. We, because we, 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 we alluded to it at the beginning of the game, right? Exactly, that, the right? dance. And now we, we see that whole scene play out. And I think the hardest moment was the last words that I saw Ellie say to Joel were, you know, like, fuck, fuck, you, fuck off. I don't need any help. And then as, you know, you, you start to keep going through it, you realize that they do have a talk and they do have this moment of the beginning of a reconciliation between them where it's like, okay, you fucked up, I fucked up, let's work towards getting better. And that's the day before, you know, Joel dies, unfortunately, which is so poetic, I think. And uh, it's it's tough, but I think if you want to end a game, that's that's how you do it. You give us enough feels that when the game ends i can just hold my controller there and be like fuck this That's is waterproof exactly. controller right i'm just yeah. gonna cry into this, <laughs> this um, is exactly what i got from yeah i love i love seeing this scene i love I seeing this too. barn scene because again gorgeous scene um really important scene to show that like you know joel is even though they had a they're falling out after you know the truth was revealed he's still kind of always watching from the from the distance you know always looking after ellie and even after she says, you know, I don't need your fucking help, as as you said, Shay. Um, I love that moment on the porch where Joel even tells her, he knows, no, like, if, if God gave me a chance to do this all over again, I would make the same choice again. And it just kind of just reaffirms the kind of person that Joel is and his love for her. And, yeah. you know, Ellie taking that time to say, like, you know, I, I don't know if I could ever forgive you for what you've done, but I'm willing to try. And at that, that just moment just broke me because it gave me peace knowing that their last were moments path. were yeah. were path of them on, on the path to re- path of rebuilding. Yeah. Um. You know, when, when we cut back to her in that barn, or sorry, into the in the house, um, and she's kind of trying to play his song. It just breaks my heart because she can't anymore. I think um, there's a few things that that uh, that I, I took away from it. So one, you know, Tommy is is a good indicator of what Ellie's going to experience if she goes after um, Abby. And we learn that him and Maria are separated as a result of his actions in Seattle or running off to Seattle. And so you're getting all of the the breadcrumbs of what will happen to Ellie and Ellie sees them and she still chooses to, to make the choice of, of going and getting revenge to ultimately not get the revenge that she was going to seek out to begin with, which I find is, 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 is very ironic. Um, but I think in that last sequence with Joel, like I think Ellie is, is uh, she, you don't realize why she is so adamant on getting revenge for Joel. And for a long time in this game, really up until the end of the game, you think it's, she's getting vengeance for killing Joel. And that's it, right? It's simplistic. But what you realize in that moment at the end of the game is it's not that she took Joel away. It's that she broke her chance to to, to forgive him. 
And that is a lot more of a powerful tool than losing somebody is that you never got to reconcile in the way that you had just come to terms with, um, that you might be able to actually reconcile with that person. So Abby obviously doesn't know. And this is a great part of the duality of this game is that neither character knows what the other has experienced, but you as the player do, which is why you get to have a, a unique perspective on things is Abby doesn't know why um, Ellie is, is so motivated to get back at her. Ellie understands to a certain degree why Abby came after Joel because Joel's done some awful shit. But I don't think at any point in this game Ellie realizes that uh, Abby's father was the doctor. I, I don't think that's ever explicitly stated to Ellie. I know Ellie knows that the fireflies, fireflies are killed by Joel, but I don't know if she ever finds that out. So I have to double check that. But their motivations are never clearly laid out for one another in this game. And that is why that tension is 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 so important because you as a player obviously understand both sides of the coin, but the people that you're navigating this game don't understand what the stakes are for the other people. And that's such an interesting way to explore two completely different stories when they don't know all that much about one another. They're just in one in one person's eyes, that person's the villain. And in the other person's eyes, that person is the villain as well, or the antagonist. And 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 like I mentioned with Abby, by the end of this game, it also it feels like Abby has a greater sense of of morality and, and she was very intentional about who she killed in Joel, but that's pretty much the extent extent of what she wanted to go she had three opportunities to kill ellie and she never does even though ellie's taken everything away from her as well um and then you know for ellie to have this this big revelation at the end of the game where she was able to 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 forgive joel or, or at least be on the path to forgive him and to lose that like it, it the theme of vengeance is not necessarily what is the most important thing in this game by the end of it, I think it's the idea that revenge and, 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 you know, turning the blinders on in, in times of rage and not thinking things through clearly will cost you everything. It costs Tommy everything. It costs Joel everything to a certain degree because he dies as a result. Even though he did get to share some time with Ellie, it's not the amount of time that he would have liked. Um, and then Ellie obviously loses everything by the end of this game. Physically, uh, she can't play the song. Physically, she's lost two fingers. Relationship-wise, she's lost Dina and JJ, who we assume is named after Jesse and Joel. And she's lost people along the way as well. She's lost Jesse. She's lost a relationship with the people in Jackson. Um, she has she has nobody. and She has nothing. And she's leaving this farm empty-handed, no guitar, no souvenirs. The assumption maybe for some people is that she's going back to Jackson, but I took that scene as Ellie accepting that she has lost everything and that there's nothing left for her in Wyoming, which I think is an is it is an interesting prospect if they do make a part three as, you know, what is the next step of Ellie's journey, even though I don't think it's really necessary at this point. But I know like we could talk about so much in this game, but like those are the themes that have really been sticking with me this week is just you know, loss, um, lack of perspective uh, from from Ellie's uh, point of view, and then just the overarching idea that like she, it wasn't something physical that was taken away from her. It was the opportunity to mend something that is not able to be mended the way that she uh, would have wanted. And that's really the lingering pain that she's suffering that she's never going to be able to get back. And now the one thing that she could do to remember Joel by 
is also gone in a pursuit of vengeance for Joel to begin with. So it's all very meta and, and, and thoughtful, but man, is it is it just sad and 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 gutting for for a character that I think all of us love a lot, but definitely shows a lot of flaws in this game. And and you know, for better or for worse, we'll stand by Ellie as as a as a character that we all love. But this was a tough, tough, tough game to watch to see what she goes through and, and see some of the choices that she made. Um, and by the end of it to have nothing left. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly it. By the end of it, you know, we're kind of left feeling like where, where to now? And, you know, I don't think we'll get those answers anytime soon, but uh, what a hell of a journey this game was though. My God. I feel it's more finite than the first one. Like, so when I left Last of Us Part 1, I'd love your thoughts on this. When I left Last of Us Part 1, I understood if they didn't make a sequel, and I would have been okay with it because uh, it was everything I wanted it to be. I feel that more so right now because I feel – I really do feel their stories told. Like like Joel is – you know, there's no lingering um, plot line in this game that I'm really curious about. Everything is not necessarily tied up neatly, but it is tied up. Uh the feeling that I have a week out of this game is, is thoughts of, of some of the philosophical stuff and um, you know, what the commentary on violence and all that kind of stuff, but there's no lingering mystery that I'm like, man, I really want to find out the answer to the secret where Abby went. Doesn't really interest me all that much in the way that it interests me in the first game that Joel and Ellie, sorry, that Joel lied to Ellie and we wanted to see what the ramifications of that action were. So I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I feel very satisfied with this franchise possibly even more so than I did at the end of the first game. And that's sometimes tough to pull off when a sequel that wasn't initially planned is able to um, build the story in its own way and become a standalone piece of art that doesn't detract from the original game, but builds on top of it, but also as a bookends and doesn't leave on a huge cliffhanger that, uh, you know, is going to necessitate a third game to really wrap up the story it feels complete i would be happy if they didn't make another last of us at this point Me yeah too. i mean i'm the exact same way i mean this is the, the fact that the game is called part two is is so you know it's so on purpose that it really does make sense that this is literally this continuation of the story that we got and you're right i'm, I'm so satisfied by the ending of this that i'm i'm okay if they do make another one sure sounds good because i've been proven wrong clearly by this game but it really feels like we've gotten both ends of this book now. We finished this story, and now we're good to move on. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Again, unless Neil has an idea and Hallie has an idea for part three, but um, it's one of those things that I'm just so full of of being content of where this ends that I'm just I'm okay to say goodbye to these characters now because we've we've gone on this journey with them and. I don't know if there's much more that we could really explore with them that wouldn't be best left to imagination and to discussions like what we're doing now. I will say that there is one part of this game that does uh, initially hit it had a docked points for me um, coming out of this game. I, I really was thinking, you know, it's, it's amazing and it's incredible and it's, a technical achievement, something that we haven't even talked about because we've been so heavily focused on narrative. This game plays so much better than the first game to the point where, like, I I think that there are mechanics in The Last of Us that are downright dysfunctional 
uh, that that this game really illuminates, having played them so close together. It's fluid. The fact that you're able to go prone and break glass and do things that are logical within a post-apocalyptic world um, that we're missing in the first game feels so good in this game. Like I can't express how happy I was. Every punch feels like it lands and it's, it's a substantial physical impact. Every time like you stab somebody or you, or you drive a machete into them or you shoot them, like there were points of this game where I wasn't even facing like a boss, so to speak, but I would get like giddy based off of the fact that like I had a really cool um, strategy or like I shot somebody in the knee and that, you know, uh, um, they couldn't move. So I was able to go and take out another enemy first before coming back to that person and finishing them off. Like this game was incredibly complex and gave you a lot of flexibility to be able to tackle so many different scenarios in a way where the first one didn't. And the one argument that I've seen there that I can appreciate to a certain extent is that you're playing as a younger, more agile character in this game. And of course they're going to function a little bit differently than Joel, who's a little bit older in the first game is a little bit more grizzled. Isn't going to be as mobile is going to feel a little bit more clunky. Um, and I'm okay with that if that's the reality, if that was intentional, but if it wasn't intentional and you know, this is just a, a matter of, of progression of game, uh, gameplay and, and gameplay elements, then Naughty Dog really outdid themselves. Everything that you do in this game while you're physically playing it is, is incredible. Like there's not one thing that I could comment on that I wish was different. Like I did in the first game, uh, your, your, your supporting cast, whether it be Dina or other characters that you play alongside are effective. They'll kill clickers, they'll kill walkers, they'll kill stalkers and other infected when you're with them. They don't run out in the middle of, of the room and, and get shot at and, and potentially, you know, throw you off in that way. The workbench is beautiful. The crafting is, is awesome. And, and the fact that you pick up resources in, in a little bit of a more, uh, compartmentalized way rather than whole resources. Like I have nothing but amazing things to say about the gameplay elements of this game. I want to go back and play it simply for that, even knowing that the story is over with. Um, but the one thing that was holding me back was pacing and the way that they really sequence this story, um, which I've thought about a little bit to be quite honest with you. And I'll, I'll give you guys the platform to talk in a second and just to, to, to see what you enjoyed and disliked. But the the review for me really came in as a nine and a half out of ten because I thought the pacing was deep deeply flawed at some points of the game, which I still feel. Um, I don't love that when you do get thrust into playing as Abby, which I never really got to talk about uh, Baps, but I'll great I'll talk about it really quickly. I don't like that you reset your progression with Abby. Um, I like that that you're able to play from her perspective and that they you know subvert your expectations and thrust you into a character that you're meant to dislike at this point in the game. So from a story side, I actually do appreciate it. I did want to get back to the end of the game and, and figure out what happened to Ellie. Um, but the one thing that I actually have a gripe with is just the fact that you basically start at ground zero again with Abby, which feels really jarring considering you've just spent up to 15 hours with Ellie uh, bolstering your weapons and your equipment to then start with basic equipment again as Abby. And that really frustrated me um not from a story standpoint but just from a game design standpoint i thought that there could have been potentially a better way to have tackled that whether it be you know resequencing certain elements of the story um i talked to you about this a little bit shay and baps but like maybe day one day two ellie day one day two um abby uh where they have similar progression lines and you're you know you're dealing with similar weapons at certain at similar points in the story but i also thought about you know how would that affect 
the way that you're fully diving into Abby, um, does it take away from that moment at the end in the theater where she's confronting Ellie finally? Um, yes, it does. And I started. Okay, you think it does? <laughs> yes, it does. Okay. Not, I, I, I not didn't to say that you're wrong. I'm just saying. I'm I'm just thinking that if we were to take away that moment in the theater and not have three days to care who Abby was first, then. I don't think that moment would have meant as much if we were just cutting between Ellie and uh, Abby. We needed to go through three full days to get to that moment, to, to feel that earned moment, I think, between them. Um, but I, I, I'm with you in terms of the, there's definitely pacing um, that it definitely feels slower that with some sequences of Abby or they feel longer than maybe they needed to be. Um, but I think just in terms of like the actual um, sequencing of it, it, it made sense to me, especially being a week removed from it. Now I think uh, we needed that, that removal of three days to get back to that theater to make it more impactful. And to be fair, like I, I turned around on that. So I do, I did think initially 9.5 out of 10, and that was my big complaint. I don't like the way it cuts to Abby, but looking at even what Neil had posted online with the naughty dog crew, it actually looks like they storyboarded out different sequences of events and they intentionally landed on day one, two, three. So it sounds like they actually did try the game in different ways. And they arrived that this was kind of the best way to sequence it, which I can appreciate a lot more than if it wasn't something that they had tried and it and they left that potential on the table. So for me, it's a 10 out of 10. Um, but that initial couple of days definitely left me thinking that maybe things could have been done a little bit differently. The only complaint, just to sum things up, the only complaint that I have is the fact that your weapon progression resets as Abby. I think there was probably a better way to have handled that. What it is, I don't have an answer, but I didn't necessarily like the way that it, it just kind of thrust you in the in, in, in the uh, in the middle of the campaign, basically back to the to, to, to ground zero. I thought that there might have been a more strategic way to have tackled that. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but that's my take. Um, yeah, you know, with them being different characters, I get the different progressions. Um, and, you know, and, and Abby had different, I guess, upgrades and weapons that she collected too along her journey which was cool but i didn't i'll be honest like the gameplay itself was so fun that it's, it's not like the systems within the last of us in terms of their progressions are what the game is based around so i didn't really i'll be honest i didn't really notice it as much until it said hey you have pills you upgrade your stuff so i that's when i did it but it's be, like the last of us isn't like that that system heavy game where I really was where you'll notice like a night and day difference between those upgrades either. So I didn't, I didn't really, I I upgraded, obviously I did all the skill trees as much as you could in the first playthrough, but it wasn't a be all end all for me. Like I didn't really, it's not a systems heavy game. So I didn't really think about it as much, but um, just a traversal traversal and gameplay and the, the gunplay and going prone and diving and, swinging on the rope and like this game is just so incredible in terms of like the mechanics of the game and it was just so fun every every shootout every interaction with infected felt so cinematic and felt crucial like it felt like it was part of the cutscenes in my story that i went through so i just felt like every time i'm just i'm just scraping by which feels amazing yeah no, no, exactly. And you know what? Honestly, Daniel, I was the exact same way with the game. I, It didn't stand out to me. It just kind of made me go, oh, okay, this is like, it's a tale of two games. I'm on the second part of this game now. It's like intermission and here we go. So uh, it, I, I didn't notice it personally too much. Um, so I guess, you know, uh, for some people, again, yes, it will. And some people, it won't. And um, 
Ortega, I'm glad that you're kind of, you, you, you came around to the idea that, you know, what they went with, obviously, yes, you still have your, your gripes with certain elements, but I guess that's what it's meant to do, right? It's meant to foster that debate. Yeah, overall, like, I, I love it. And, and I think that, that that was something that I never really wavered on, is that this is an amazing game. I was just trying to think of those, like, those critical elements that I might have changed a little bit to try to maintain some level of objectivity, because obviously I love this universe very much. But, um, again, like, the big thing for me is is knowing that Naughty Dog didn't just... Um, and I should have thought this better, but like they didn't, they didn't just sequence the game and, and, and say one, two, three, one, two, three, we're doing it that way. Don't try it any other way. But once I found out that they had tried different scenarios to find out the way that they could sequence it to maximize emotional impact, I was totally open to the idea that maybe this was the way, the best way to sequence it, that there might've been an impact, um, that wasn't felt as heavily had they sequenced it differently. So I'm on board with it. I think, you know, Neil is Neil and, and, and everybody that's involved in the project are, are really, really brilliant folks. Um, and they pulled off something that very few sequels and very few forms of media have really pulled off. Like I'm thinking it's up there with, you know, I think it's Godfather level, like Godfather two level. I think it's the empire strikes back of, 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 you know, the last of us games. Um, I think, you know, Blade Runner 2049 might be the most like similar in that it didn't really need a sequel, but it explored, you know, similar themes and, and, and doesn't really leave on a on a positive note. It's a very much a bittersweet ending for for Blade Runner 2049. Um, but, you know, it, these stories are not meant to, to pander. Um, and I'm glad that Naughty Dog didn't pander. I'm glad that they told the story that they wanted to. I'm glad that they had representation in their game, despite a lot of bigots being very upset about representation in this game. At no point in this game did I feel like anybody's agenda was being force-fed down my throat, even the way that they handled Lev's um, uh, you know, potential transition and the way that they talked through that. It's not a focal point of the game. Like They very quickly discuss it, and... Um, Yara does a very, very good job of just briefly covering what he, what, uh, what Lev felt like. Um, and then that's it. Like, it's not something that lingers obviously on the Seraphite side, it's, it's a bigger theme, but for you as a character, you don't really care that Lev may have transitioned. Um, it really comes down to you're caring for that character regardless of, of whatever else might be going on with them. Right. Um, and it's the same thing with Ellie, like she's lesbian, but like, she, it doesn't that's not an anchor for the game like yes she has a relationship with another female on screen but like she's not going out there and 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 mentioning that she's a lesbian every single time she's on screen that's just her relationship and that's her reality in this game and so kudos to naughty dog for being brave enough to include um you know a lot of of, of different groups and represent a lot of different groups not only for the sake of representation but you know, just telling a really, really great story with characters from different um, walks of life um, and, and not being afraid to do so, knowing just how toxic the gaming um, community can be. And and I think that, you know, if, you, if you're going to make an argument that the gaming community isn't toxic, just look at the reactions to The Last of Us. Go look at the user Metacritic score right now and tell me that and there the aren't people out there. And the shitty takes on YouTube and a yeah. lot of stupid man babies complaining that... Um, yeah. these things happen but again this is a story you want these characters to feel human and I don't think that there's been a game that really makes you feel like these are real people these are people who've gone through things and guess what 
everything's not going to be a happy ending all the time. And I think this game is a perfect example of that. For sure. Um, I mean, we're going to, we'll talk about it. Um, we'll discuss probably as long as they discussed whether last of us two was ever going to be a thing, whether we're going to do a season two, but hopefully for those of you that have listened to survive and endure, this has been, you know, fulfilling in some ways in terms of, uh, of, of hearing our thoughts on the last of us part two. Um, I'm sad to not be able to talk about last of us, at least for, for some time, given that there's really nothing coming out in the near future, last of us related that we know about. Um, so again, thank you guys for joining me anytime, thank man. You. And, uh, I appreciate the fact that we've been able to do this, um, you know, over the course of the last couple of months. And I'm excited that, you know, maybe there is some last of us content in the future, but for now we're going to have to kind of settle with what we've seen. And I'm totally okay with that. I think it was a fantastic ending to, to the last of us. If it is the last time that we see this franchise, I'm sure it won't be, but Perhaps it won't be Ellie's story that we see next time, and maybe it'll be somebody else's story. But um, let us know what you think, guys. Like, we're totally open. I had somebody message me on Instagram today just with their thoughts on the game, which I loved. Um, so thank you for reaching out. Shout out to to you if you're listening. I don't want to name your name on here, but you know who you are. Um, but thank you for reaching out and just letting us know that with it, that. Uh, you enjoyed the work that we did with survive and endure so hopefully this reaches you and reaches a whole bunch of you that are that are looking uh to to talk about the last of us and listen to some some other folks thoughts on the last of us so tons we missed but potentially stuff that we come back to one day um guys i'm gonna call it it's almost 11 o'clock it's actually past 11 o'clock um it's been great having you guys again i'll see you guys shortly um if you have anything that you want to mention here at the end feel free to if not then we're uh, we're signing off just thanks for listening to us and going on this journey with us and until next time yeah thank you for uh surviving and enduring our podcast oh bye guys bye